Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 116 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Molly from Counterculture Club. Today, Molly walks us through her recovery journey and how she created Counterculture Club. This episode is so great. Let's get into it. It is time to say good riddance, adios, hasta la vista, baby, to 2020. How are you going to start 2021 off on the right foot? Take the 30 Days to Gain Booze-Free Challenge to find out all of the things you have to gain by going booze-free. You will get emails delivered right to your inbox full of inspiration, motivation, and education. You will also have two printable exercises to complete daily as well, keeping you accountable and on track for a successful dry January. Sign up now at a sobergirlsguide.com. Hi, Molly. How are you? Hi, Jessica. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm really, really excited to chat with you today. Uh, Whereabouts in the world are you? I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh, fun. What is the weather like out there? It's cold. Um, I mean, it's kind of dreary today, but usually, you know, we have all the seasons. I guess it was beautiful, so... When we do the entire world shuts down, like schools canceled, works canceled, like it's, it's insane, but not really like, so yeah. it may be like one snowstorm a year that isn't really in the snowstorm, but, That's but yeah, occasionally we haven't gotten any this year though. That's like when it like rains in LA, everyone's like, Oh my God, what is this liquid coming from the mm-hmm. sky? Like, um, yeah. I oh yeah. Know what this yeah. Is. Like people yeah, in Charlotte, like just like, houses. yeah, cars wreck, like just with the, with the word that snow is coming, they just like, don't know how to drive. So yeah, yeah 
the thing. Like, which one's the gas? Which one's the brake? Oh, God. <laughs> Help me. Oh, my God. So, Molly, you are the, the founder and creator. What, what title do you prefer? Founder, creator? Yeah. Founder, CEO of Counterculture Ooh, Club. CEO. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I definitely want to get into that. And I want to hear all about that, like, your amazing club that you have formed. But I want to back it up a little bit and I want you to hear your story of how all this came to be and what it was like, you know, before you you reach uh, recovery and sobriety. Can you take us back? Yeah, so uh, I've been sober almost three years now. I got sober at 27. Uh, my story with alcohol, honestly, is not super unique. I I'm actually I went through and listened to some of your older episodes and so many people that you've interviewed have a very similar story to me of like not really drinking much in high school doing the binge drinking thing in college and then moving to New York City and then suddenly it's like another level and so that's pretty much exactly what I did um I was super introverted as a kid. I was really into reading and writing and journaling. Uh, I always wanted to be in like the popular friend group, Mm. uh, but I had really little self-esteem. So I would kind of turn into a chameleon and like do anything to be the person that I wanted to be, whoever that person was at that time. Um, So, you know, I was like, just kind of adopting the interests and personalities of people and uh, didn't really have any sense of like, a real self and like who I was, but I was also very introspective. So I was always journaling and just not like, you know, I would come across as a very happy person, but I was um, also as a teenager. So I was, you know, struggling with a lot of big feelings. Um, And then the first time I tried drinking was, I think I was 15 at a sleepover and I really liked it, uh, but I didn't do it much. Every opportunity I had to do it, though, I would want to. Um, so I prioritized hanging out with those friends that were out that would drink. Mm. Um, and then went on to college and that was when binge drinking became a big thing. Um, go figure, someone that binge drink in college. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it was mostly confined to the weekends and there were like, we did, like some pretty ridiculous stuff happened, but my friends and I would all the next morning like laugh it off. And, mm. you know, like, for example, I fell in the street in downtown where all the bars were and like sliced my knee open and kept going out to the bars and like woke up the next morning with like blood on my, like still bleeding, like a pretty deep cut and like had to go get stitches and like Oof. you know we were my friends and I were laughing about that and like just didn't you know brush it off like just college yeah. oh it just happened you know, like waking up in waking up in frat houses and like you know trying oh. to find your phone all of that stuff just trying to chew uh, your arm off. it was all just like it was all just like colorful interesting stories that we told each other and so again like didn't really didn't I didn't really think it was an issue um And then when I moved, I graduated school, I moved to New York City when I was 22. Mm -hmm. And um, drinking pretty moderately, probably less than college. But really, it didn't take long once I was living in the city for my drinking to like, increase. And 
like everyone says, you know, there's just no rules. Like people are out until four in the morning on a Tuesday drinking and doing other substances and then going into work. And so the things that I didn't usually like to do or said I wouldn't do, I would start doing. So like I used to not like drinking during the day because it would make me really tired. And so then it would just be Saturdays and Sundays would just be like brunch and then bar hopping all day long. Hmm. And those things like slowly started becoming part of my normal routine. And I was just doing what everyone else was doing. So it didn't seem, it seemed so integral, integral to this social life that like, that was what we did. And that was just like, I didn't question it. Hmm. Um, To me, like socializing was drinking. You would not, I did not want to do anything that didn't involve like alcohol as a component because that was, that had become like what I needed to feel confident, to feel like, uh, you know, outgoing and even to want to go to those things. Cause I am, like I mentioned, I'm an introvert by nature. So it just was that social lubricant I needed. And it felt like it unlocked this personality inside of me that I could only access when I was drinking. Mm. Um, so, you know, kept it at that pace for, for a couple years. Um, 2015, I got into a relationship with someone it was long distance. We had met through a friend, um, who was in a band with this person and it was a great situation because it was long distance. So mm-hmm. I still maintained the way that I was drinking out, like with friends and he didn't really know the full extent, but slowly like it started feeling more shameful my self-esteem was always kind of struggling in relationships I was always kind of constantly like oh I don't know if they still like me like questioning and trying to figure out what's going on in their heads and Mm -hmm. um so that would really come out when I was drinking because we weren't together uh I think I lost you for a second. Yeah. Um, So I, you start, you stopped when you said, because we weren't together. So your, your confidence in your relationship, like your anxiety. So he, we had separate lives and I had this anxiety that, you know, when would our lives be able to blend together? And I was like, very, very in love with this person. So I really, that was where all of my energy and hope was, was encased in this relationship. But um, I didn't slow down with my drinking and it just kept causing more problems just for the way that I was manifesting my emotions. Not so much like he wouldn't call me out on my drinking. He didn't really, I don't think he even realized who I truly was because I was constantly impacted by alcohol. Mm. Uh, so it ended up that we just had this like fight one night when he was visiting and, um, I said like, you know, through tears, like, do you love me anymore? And he didn't respond. And so I was like, okay, fine, you can leave. And he left at 2am and I literally never saw him again. What? So after that traumatic breakup, I, that was literally, that was the turning point, I think for when it just got purely like drinking to cope and it was just like if I wasn't drinking I was just feeling so guilty and just so sad like morbidly depressed like very very sad and I just I hated my job in New York at the time and 
uh, you know, it was the thick of winter. I had to, I walked to work. So I'd be like trudging through the snow every day. And like my only respite was like stopping for a bottle of wine on the way home and just like hauling up in my bedroom and drinking wine. Mm. Um, so then I started experiencing some pretty troubling health issues uh, that I, I knew deep down were related to drinking, but mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't fully disclosing my drinking with doctors because the doctors weren't asking. So I wasn't <laughs> sharing. And um, of course, <laughs> but I, again, I was so sad. So I'd call my, like I drink every night to like feel less stressed and anxious about what was happening to my body. And I would call my mom crying like almost every single night and um, you know, telling her about the health issues. So she kind of started to realize something was up. She lived in Charlotte. Um, so we didn't see each other, but, mm-hmm. um, basically like, she was like, you should move home and like, you need to stop drinking. Like it's really taking a toll. She saw me at Christmas and she was like, you like did not look healthy. Um, yeah. so anyway, I basically like, I just dr- quit my life in New York. I left my job and I, you know, said bye to a couple friends and just moved out. My, my dad came and moved me out of New York and um, moved back to Charlotte, moved in with my parents. And they basically, you know, they're like, if you want to live here, you can't drink. So I, Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Like, I just wanted to get out of my depressing state in New York. Like, I never signed up to never drink alcohol again. Like, that's, yeah. I was depressed. Like, I don't need to quit drinking. But that yeah. was, like, their kind of rule, I guess. So mm-hmm. I I um, wasn't drinking for, like, about a month when I got back. This was in, like, January of 2018. Okay. Um, so, wait. It was early 2018. I don't know the exact month. Uh, And I tried drinking like one more time. Mm -hmm. I was dog sitting and they left me a bottle of wine and I did not tell them that I didn't drink. So naturally I was like, hell yeah, let's have this bottle of wine. Yeah. Uh, Just test it out. And I, yeah. And I just realized like once you, once you acknowledge that alcohol is a problem for you and other people point it out to you, then you really, at least for me, like I knew I could never have another like guilt-free drink again. Mm. Like it was, it was over, like the jig was up. And that was like, that was my moment. Not really when I came home. Um, it was, that was when I made the conscious choice of like, this is, this is done. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to do any like traditional recovery. I really, really, really didn't want to do AA, but uh, my parents again, we're like, you, you need some kind of support. So mm. I started going to meetings, I became like, total like overachiever, like I always have been and I did the 90 meetings in 90 days, you know, got a sponsor um, was doing all of that. And I think the accountability was helpful. But the AA uh, world just didn't feel quite right to me. I just didn't by everything I was told. I didn't really believe that the problem was with me and with other people that were in the rooms and not with the Mm. fact that like we were drinking a highly addictive substance. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it makes sense to get addicted to something that's addictive. So I, um, I don't know. And also just, I wanted more in my life rather than to feel deprivation. So it just, 
I mean, I don't want to get into it. I know that it's, it's a very, it definitely helped me and it helps a lot of people. Um, but I wanted something more. So that was when I started exploring uh, podcasts, I found your podcast, I found home, and I just started binging like, all these podcasts and just trying to find my story and other people's stories and found sober Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I created a, uh, an Instagram account on like my 200th day of sobriety. And I started posting every single day, just basically is like a public journal of where I was in my journey and like, you know, quotes and things that had helped me. And I posted every day till I hit a year. And then when I hit a year, I did like a public coming out sober post on Facebook and on my other Instagram account. Yeah. And just got like amazing feedback. So many people messaged me, a lot of people related and mm. people you never thought would have related or reach out did. And it was just very satisfying to be so honest. And I kind of now I kind of feel like lying and dishonesty is triggering for me because it because I had to do so much of it to keep up the front of that I had when I was drinking. So the more honest and open I am with my story, the more that I feel like. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm. These gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. I guess like in connection with myself and so I just make a point to be as honest as possible. And and again, like so many people related to the story that I shared. And I just don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's kind of like the backstory, at least. Okay. Wow. So and th- why did it take you or why did you decide to wait like 
a year? Cause I get this question all the time. Like, when should I tell people that I'm not drinking? Like, what if I slip up? Like what, what made you decide to wait a year before you finally kind of not came clean, yeah. but, but introduced that, that side of yourself? I, I mean, most people in my immediate circle knew and like coworkers, like when it would come up, it would come up, but I didn't want to share fully with everyone in my life. And, you know, my middle school teacher or whoever else I might happen to be friends with on Facebook until I felt like it had really stuck. So Mm -hmm. I just sort of picked like one year, even though I knew like I felt confident in it at any point in time, but the one year just felt like this is going to be the day and like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like a big, big it was a big deal. Yeah. It was like a celebration. It honestly, when I had my one year anniversary, it was better than any birthday I've ever had. I got like three bouquets of flowers and balloons and I was like, totally awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you're celebrating an actual accomplishment, not just like being born, which you don't really even decide to do. Yeah. We had no choice in that. (laughs) No, it just kind of, yeah, you just kind of showed up. So yeah. I feel like our parents should celebrate our birthdays more than we do because we did. Mm-hmm. We just kind of like came out or decided to like show up to the world. You, yeah, they, y'all they made did us the hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I. I that's I, what Mother's Day is for. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, I completely agree with you. Like my sober anniversary is way better than anything else. It's better than Christmas. It's better than Thanksgiving. It's better than my birthday. It's, it is, it is such an accomplishment and it's so courageous. I think like, you know, if you choose to talk about it and like really share your story, like you are with us right now, it's, it is shameful for a lot of people, but why, Mm -hmm. why do you think, or how did you overcome that shame? When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. I overcame that by completely shifting my mindset and it happened gradually. It happened through reading a lot of quit lit and like mm-hmm. self-help um, listening to home again, like re- like recovery podcasts, listening to di- different perspectives on 
what sobriety is. And for me, I started just, I got a lot more clarity. And so I, I realized that, um, that it's a privilege to be sober and drinking is not a privilege. Mm. Like I am able to be my best self all the time because I'm not constantly dealing with hangovers. I'm not doing things I regret when I'm drinking. Like, you know, every day was tinged with a little bit of shame or regret for things like I would have done or said drunk that I would have never done sober. So I don't, I'm operating at my best physically and mentally. And um, so it became a proud, like Holly Whitaker says, it's like a proud choice, not a, you know, consequence. And mm. so that's sort of when I got that empowering messaging into my brain, that's when I sort of was able to shift my perspective and not see it as shameful, but see it as an opportunity to like access my highest self. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes, it is empowering and it takes a lot to be here and be present all the yeah. freaking time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and know? you're just more in tune with, uh, I was talking to someone about this the other day, like you have to be more in tune with your mind and body. Mm-hmm. You can't just say like, oh, I feel shitty right now. I'm going to have a bottle of wine. Yeah. And that takes it away for a bit, a minute, but then you have to deal with the consequences the next day. Like you have to say, why do I feel you know, depressed right now? Is it because I didn't work out today? Do I need to eat? And like you address those physical or mental uh, like symptoms or um, things you need to address and then whatever it is goes away and you learn how to take care of yourself. Yeah, definitely. So take Mm -hmm. us to Counterculture Club. How was that created? Yeah, so that was created about a year ago. Initially, I just wanted to find a community of people in Charlotte that also didn't drink, but I didn't want to go back to AA to do that. Um, so I, I kind of, again, like sobriety sort of taught me that I can do it. It sounds so cheesy, but like I can do anything that I want to do because I had done the hardest, most impossible thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, like, if something doesn't exist, then you just build it. And like, that is what I believe that you can just like, if there's something that you want, just, you just, you do it. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Um, so anyway, I uh, connected with a friend who was also sober and told her about the idea to start this group for alcohol free events and connection uh, for women in Charlotte. And she was into it. So we just started posting about events and like we got on meetup and, Facebook and through word of mouth um, started having a couple like book clubs, coffee meetups, things like that. Uh, And then we had a big event planned for March 26th of this year. Mm -hmm. Had to cancel it because of COVID. So uh, that was a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, because kind of the premise was sort of to have this in real life connection meet up with people. Yeah. And so we had to kind of change course. Um, but then, you know, with working from home and having a little more freedom in my schedule, I was able to just go all in and decide, like, I want to turn this into a full-time, like, business and community. Mm -hmm. And I sort of realized, like, this is, like, what I want to do. Like, that felt like kind of a calling um, to build this community. And, um, you know, in the future, I'd love for it to be, like, my full-time work. Um, so 
started having virtual events and we also brought in doing uh, outdoor socially distanced yoga, which we did all summer and into the fall. And that was hugely popular and just helped get the word out about Counterculture Club. And so then um, we had a really good core group of people that were coming to events. And I started making friends with these people, which was my goal all along. Like I met some really awesome uh, other women in my community. Mm-hmm. So I soft launched a membership program in November and then opened it to the public in this month in December. So we're at about 25 members now. Um, cool. The membership is basically... It's like a weekly share. We call it a share square because we're on Zoom and it's a, it's a box, not a circle. But, it, you know, it's a share circle. Love it. Um, yeah. So we do weekly share circle, monthly book club, and then like one-off events. And we do monthly panels as well. So, you know, members cool. get all of those things. And then we also have like a WhatsApp group that we're just constantly chatting back and forth. So it's... Mm-hmm. I re- Like it's the exact community that I wanted for myself that finally like starting to come together and like people are becoming friends and getting that support and supporting each other yeah so it's you know it's I'm really excited about it and it keeps growing so it's it's great it's awesome yeah peer support is really really important like meeting other women I find especially like in in your location like it's great to to Mm -hmm. like meet maybe online and, and and make that first like initial connection but there's mm-hmm. nothing better than someone who's like in the same city or with, you know, within that area to really relate to. Mm-hmm. It's just really, right. it's really powerful. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'd say the majority of our members at the moment are in Charlotte. We do because we're virtual, like we've opened it up to anybody that wants to join anywhere. So we have people in New Hampshire and uh, someone in Arizona, a couple of people in California. So it is like, a mixture of people but ideally I'd love to be able to do like different branches in different cities and have these core members like kind of take the lead in their own cities yeah um, down the road so because right. like like you were saying I think that in-person connection is so crucial and you want it's about integrating into society and not having this little sober bubble so the more that people can find authentic friendships that you can like I just wanted people to do stuff with like I wanted to go hiking and I wanted to go to these painting classes and I have plenty of friends but it you know alcohol is always kind of invited to every social gathering unless it's literally a dedicated like no alcohol space so I wanted to create more of those spaces yeah it's so much easier like obviously hanging out with people where alcohol isn't even on the menu like in terms of Mm -hmm. Like running in the background. I know with like my, all my friends drink, like literal, I don't mm-hmm. have one sober friend, like mm-hmm. in, in my immediate circle. Um, right. But it's all, it's just like, it's like a program on your computer. That's just like silently running in the background. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's not like interfering with the, like your day-to-day work, but it's just like a buzz lingering like oh okay. Like that is something that I'm not going to participate in, but you are. And it's just like, right. And it, it's mm-hmm. isolating too. like even out with your best friends, you know, if you're, you're yeah. the only one not going to get a drink, like it just gets exhausting to be yeah. that always that one sober person. So yeah. yeah, I wanted to create more spaces where you didn't even have to exhaust any brain power with like, 
oh, what am I going to say when this person asks me? Or like, what should I get to drink? Like, just like taking all of that out of the equation. It's completely like substance free socializing. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's so cool. So how do people um, join your membership? Like, what does that look like? Is there initiation process? Like, what is what is joining? Yeah, so right at the moment, because we are a pretty small group, uh, there's an application and that's just, you know, everyone is accepted. It's just to make sure that, that the people that are applying are applying for the right reasons and that we have something that we can offer them that we're all like aligned and in, in what we're, our intentions and goals are. Um, and it's just open to those that identify as women at the moment okay. when we're able to expand. I do want to have uh, a membership for everyone as well. And like be able to offer multiple groups and um, share squares. But for now it's um, to protect like that safe space and the share squares and the, the comfort level for the members. It's just for those who identify as women. So, uh, but that being said, we do events virtual and in person eventually that are open to everyone. So things like yoga, um, the, this challenge we have coming up, um, mm. panels we do, basically everything else is open to everyone. It's just that the membership and the circles that are, that are primarily for women. Yeah. Something like a little more intimate. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's about- almost like a group, group, uh, therapy processing right. sex uh, circle so gotcha yeah. Uh, yeah. tell me about uh your dry january uh challenge is it a challenge yeah what do we got yeah so so it's called the boozeless bliss experience mm-hmm. and it's kind of our spin on dry january but rather than the absence of alcohol being the focus because i think a lot of people do dry january and it's like dry january punishment where, you know, they're like suffering through it, like exhausting their willpower and just like pining for February 1st so they can drink again. Mm. Um, So we want to focus on all of the benefits and things that you can add to your life when you're removing alcohol. Um, So it's, it's each week we have a different workshop and they're all like holistic health focused workshops. So uh, one week we're doing meditation and self massage with a local massage uh, business called mood house. Uh, and then we're doing a shrub making class. So like a winter syrups and shrub making class with a, a local small business, really cute shop, um, cool. boutique in Charlotte. Um, and then what else we're doing yoga and sound bath. Uh, one of our members is a holistic nutritionist. So she's going to do a specific like nutrition workshop on, focusing on the things that you should add to your diet when you remove alcohol, um, things like cravings that might come up, whatnot. Um, and then we have a, really, a lot of really cool giveaways as well. So it's the first 10 people that sign up get a copy of the Sober Lush. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have copies of Ruby Warrington's new book, uh, The Sober Curious Reset, mm-hmm. and like a tarot card reading. We do, we, we're big tarot card reading fans, so we do a lot of like virtual Love tarot it. card parties. So the one of the women we work with is going to donate a tarot card reading, um, up dog kombucha, one of our giveaways, uh, we're working with the CBD company who's doing a really cool gift basket. So they're all like health focused, mm-hmm. uh, self care focused prizes, giveaways, and then all the workshops kind of 
target one element of the mind, body, spirit, at least one element of those. Great. Awesome. So Ollie, yeah. where, where can we find, where can we sign up for your club and the dry January or sorry, the, the booze, Boozeless bliss, Boozeless bliss <laughs> experience. Where can we find it was, that? It was very hard to come up with a name for this. I like pulled yeah. the entire internet because you want it to sound exciting and dry, like dry January, just, you know, no one like, wants anything that's dry. Yeah. Like, yeah. is there anything like that is appealing about something that is dry? Not really. Like, Almost like dry food, like dry no. skin. Like, no, no. Yeah. So you, you get yeah. it. So <laughs> I struggled. I got gotcha. you. came up with boozeless bliss. And so, yeah. To, so to find us, uh, we're on Instagram. It's at counter underscore sorry at counterculture underscore club mm-hmm. and there's a link in our bio that has links to our website how to apply for membership and how to join the boozeless bliss experience and so i'd web- say that's what- the best best route uh website is counterculturecl.com sweet awesome yeah. and then i have my my personal um instagram which is like just a continuation of what i mentioned earlier of me mm-hmm. doing my so we're journaling. Uh, it's no glitter in the gutter. Cute. I love that name. That's Thank so cute. You. It's a metric song. I don't know if you listen to them or not. Oh, yeah. Met- oh, my God. I so used to listen to metric like when I was 15, 16. Or maybe. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. So there's a lyric in one of the songs that says there's no glitter in the gutter. And I was like, yeah, that. that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Molly, if you could give us one piece of, ad- of advice for anyone listening who is thinking about getting sober or sober curious or just having a, a rough patch on their, their journey, what is one piece of advice you could give us? Yeah, this is uh, something I've been thinking about uh, like when I was on my run the other day, I, like had to stop to like type this in my phone is that at least for me, I drank to change my mindset. Like mm. the drinking didn't actually make me skinnier or prettier or more funny or anything like that. I drank to feel that way. Mm. Uh, but when I removed alcohol, I was actually able to become the person that I used alcohol to fake so once I removed the alcohol, I could be this person that was confident, that accomplished goals, that, you know, took care of my body and my mind. But it was ironically only by taking away the alcohol that I could truly become that person. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that's a piece of advice, but more of like an insight of the irony that we use alcohol to become this person that it only takes us farther away from. Totally. Um, and then in terms of advice, like, I think see sobriety is freedom and it's freedom from all of the things that alcohol does to weigh you down, like freedom from regrets, freedom from, you know, reacting, freedom from, uh, you know, financially <laughs> burdening yourself and blowing your money on replacement mm-hmm. cell phones and huge bar tabs and I mean the benefits are endless like I've heard this before and I'm sure you've heard it too that if they sold a pill that gave you all the benefits of an alcohol-free life they couldn't keep it on the shelves because mm. there's so many positive benefits to sobriety so focusing on the positive rather than the deprivation has been like my critical mindset shift 
Absolutely. I totally agree. Molly, thank you so much for the chat and for sharing your journey and your experience and your knowledge. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. I'm very honored that you reached out. How fantastic is Molly? As always, thank you so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girl's Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com for your how-tos, tricks, tips, everything you need along your journey and more. From challenges to workbooks, journals, we have you covered. We even have sober girl swag to keep you warm all winter long. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.